Somebody snuck in. One of my interns must have snuck an intro on my blog. They were probably getting tired of hearing it as it was. <laughs> anyway, welcome back. Attorney Steve Vondren here. Hey, listen, uh, if you are involved in these Strike Three Holdings cases or Malibu Media cases, I just wanted to give you an update um, and uh, tell you what's going on out there. There's a lot of questions, a lot of misinformation. I get a lot of calls from people wanting to know what's going on. So I just decided to do a little update here in August of 2020 so you have some more information to deal with. Okay, a lot of people are getting subpoenas from their ISP, letting them know there's a certain cutoff date, that their personal information, their name and address will be released to one of these um, companies, usually adult pornography companies like Strike3 or Malibu Media. These companies have filed literally thousands of lawsuits uh, they are a good majority of the copyright cases that get filed in the United States each year. They do file lawsuits. Um, they are willing to, uh, I would say, for the most part, look at settlements, early settlements, as we call them. But I just want to let you know where things are, and especially as a California litigator, as I am, um, we're pretty much, I always say, we're pretty much the only game in town when it comes to California. We have handled the bulk, I would say at least a very large majority of the California BitTorrent cases that deal with Strike 3. Strike 3 files a lot of cases in the Northern District of California. It's up in the Bay Area. Uh, a lot of cases in the Central District, that's around LA area, and some, sometimes some cases in Southern District, San Diego area, but I would say a lot in Central District and a lot in Northern California, Northern District, as it's called. So there's a lot of lawsuits going on. Um, we see Malibu Media coming around a little bit again. I think we just saw a case on them when they were, in, in my opinion, pretty quiet for a while, but now we're seeing some activity. So we'll keep you posted on, on them if you're following our channel. Also, make sure you follow my YouTube channel so you're getting some great videos. We're getting close to about 25,000 subscribers. It's something different. It's better than politics. You get to learn something, you know, this, this, that, and the other. So uh, check it out at attorneystevevideos.com. That's attorneystevevideos.com. Hit that subscribe. And I think they're still using that bell thing where you can hit the bell and get the update. So it's up to you. But um, anyway, I want to talk about the Cobbler, Nevada case. This is the California. This is for the people in the Western United States. Okay. So if you don't know anything about law, the federal courts broken into circuits, okay? I think there's 11 circuits. We are in the ninth circuit. Now, we are licensed in California and Arizona. That is included in the ninth circuit. But there's also Oregon, uh, Washington, Montana, Idaho, Nevada, and um, probably missing something there. But um, those are the main states that are covered by the Ninth Circuit. In the Ninth Circuit, we had the case called the Cobbler case. And it makes me hungry. I can't say it around dinner time or I get real hungry. So it's called the Cobbler case, Cobbler, Nevada. Cobbler, Nevada, okay? And this was a case where basically to, to, to um, you know, boil it down for you, this was a case where a court said, you can't just sue an internet subscriber just because you may have tracked movies to an IP address 
like these companies do with their investigations and their investigators and their tech tools and all the things they use just because you track it to an IP address to a certain house in a certain city like Los Angeles or San Francisco. That doesn't mean that that subscriber, the person who is the subscriber on the internet account, that doesn't, that doesn't mean they're the downloader. It doesn't mean they're ready to be sued just because they're a subscriber on account. Many times that's not even the case. Many times it's, you know, that's the mom's account or it's the dad's account or, you know, something else. It could be a landlord's account or anything. So there's a lot of different scenarios that can pop up. So Cobbler Nevada was the case that came out and, and the courts recognized that a lot of lawsuits were being filed against IP holders. And they said, you know, you need something more. You got to give me something more. As I like to tell my clients, litigation is like a uh, hundred meter hurdles race where you, you've seen the people jump over all the hurdles. They're running the hundred yard dash, whatever, jumping over all the hurdles. Litigation's a lot like that, except the hurdles start out really small and they get a little bit bigger as so to start a case off, get a litigation case off. And, you know, we've been involved in, I think over about 250 now, 250 cases over 15 years. And so, so we know a little bit something about litigation, but it's, it, there's a series of hurdles a plaintiff has to get over. They're the plaintiff in these cases and John Doe is the defendant. You've got to have something. You've got to have a little bit of evidence. Uh, you can, at the early stages, you don't need much. You really need just what they call plausibility or reasonable inference that somebody's the infringer. But Cobbler Nevada came around and said, I need something more. I can't, you just don't bring me a case that just says this person has an internet account. Therefore, they're the, they're the, um, they're the bad guy because they have an internet account. Courts, the Cobbler Nevada case, give me something more, something more. So, what happens now is when they get your name and address, which many times they will, courts are, are definitely leaning in the direction where they will give you name and address at the federal court level for sure, okay? I know there's a lot of cases being filed in Florida. Cases are being quashed in Florida, and that's a different story, okay? But in the, in the federal cases, if they go to federal court, the federal court judges are typically now allowing the name and address to come out. So when they get this, what happens is they're going to do a, what I call a due diligence search. I don't know what they call it. They may call it something else, but I call it a due diligence search. And people say, well, what do you mean? What does that mean? I say, well, one, I imagine they're looking at your assets. They're saying, first question, is this person worth going after? Do they have money? You know, is it, am I wasting my time? Um, a lot of times they use geolocation technology, I would say in every case, as far as I'm aware. <coughs> Excuse me. And they will track people into, you know, like, like let's, let's face it, people that live in California are going to probably have a little more money. The houses are more expensive. It's probably, I would call California the home of the million dollar home as everything seems to be really expensive these days. But um, so they track you into these areas, but the first thing they will look to see if there's assets, assets. Um, what's an asset? You own real estate. You have property that's free and clear. Uh, means you don't owe anything. Um, those kinds of things. Do you have certain licenses? Are you a, a licensed lawyer, for example? Well, maybe you're maybe you're doing well. You know, maybe you're not. Hard to say. Um, but looking at public records to try to see if you're a worthy target. That's a that's one thing they're going to do as part of their due diligence. I would call that section A or number one. And number two, 
is they're looking for this something additional evidence, this something additional. Now, people ask me, well, well, what do you mean? Like, what? What what could it be? And I said, well, you know, um, some of the things that we're seeing in the in the or hearing, I should say, in the the clients that I speak with and in some of the complaints that I'm reviewing, um, what happens is these complaints can get amended and this quote unquote additional evidence, as strike three likes to call it, gets put into the complaint and then we look at it and we see, do we want to file a motion to dismiss or does he have something here? Uh, if they want to do a motion to dismiss, we'll have to do a meet and confer call and, and discuss it and so forth and so on. But some of the things we're seeing to try to make that connection or that link, if you will, to basically convert somebody from an internet subscriber into an infringer, a copyright infringer, some of the things we're seeing are like LinkedIn skills. So if you have a LinkedIn page, a lot of people do, some people don't. They may look at that and they may see your skills, your skills that are listed, okay? Uh, it may say um, uh, internet network security guy, and they'll say, oh, well, he's a tech guy, so he must have a little more knowledge. So they might use something like that. I consider that to be very tenuous and iffy, and that may be something to discuss with your your copyright lawyer to discuss about a potential motion to dismiss or you know, significantly try to reduce any offer to settle. Um, that is one thing I've seen. Um, here's another, your Twitter channel. Okay, we're talking social media here. So section B is they're gonna be number two looking for social media to try to make some kind of connection, okay, or anything else they can find, but social media is the one that we're seeing. So what we had, um, for example, a client, you may have a Twitter channel. You may be following porn stars on Twitter, okay? Now, that pretty much, I would say, that it seems to me could raise an inference that you are downloading, uh, for example, blacked Tushy and Vixen uh, videos of Strike 3. So, you know, that's something to look at, you know. Um, also, commenting on various channels, okay? You may have other channels, like you may have like a, uh, Quora or an Avo or something or your you know Instagram, Facebook, anything. But you're talking about VPNs or you're you're telling people, yeah, downloading movies better use a VPN. Little things like that can add up to the little hurdle they have to get over. The little I call it the little cobbler hurdle, and something like that could allow them to amend the complaint, add that as additional evidence, and those kinds of things. So some people, you know, they, they basically, when they get their subpoena, they go, oh my God, I'm gonna turn off all my social media. And, um, you know, it, I think there are ways, uh, don't quote me, I think there are ways to turn things to private. But, um, you know, that's what some people say, you know, should I turn it to private? Should I turn it to private? Uh, but these are some of the things they're looking for. Um, Facebook likes and interests, we see this. Um, this is another big thing they're doing. They'll find downloads. So they'll actually find other torrent downloads that you're, you're doing. And they'll say, hey, he's this guy, for example, let's say he's a, he's a webmaster. His LinkedIn says he's a webmaster. So we learn that and then we, we match it up with other torrent downloads. This person's downloading like Adobe Photoshop, Dreamweaver, Illustrator, things like that, Corel. Um, that shows us that he not only is a webmaster, has the tech skills, but also has downloaded through torrents other products that are, are similar to what he does. That gives a reasonable inference 
or what we call plausibility enough to try to get over what I call the cobbler hurdle. So those are some of the things that I think uh, we are seeing, and this is where the litigation is taking us. What does cobbler mean? What does the case law really stand for? What are the courts going to find is acceptable as additional evidence or the something more evidence, as I call it? So that's where litigation is in, in this day and age. And so, again, social media is a big thing they're looking for. So um, just wanted you guys to know that, okay? And so um, if you have a subpoena and you're saying, I've got limited time to respond, we have helped lots of people. Um, as far as California, I believe um, we are the, the leader in all California torrent litigation, as far as I'm aware. I don't think any other, and I'm looking at my able assistant, Frontline Lisi, one of the best in the business, if not the best. And uh, but you can check us out on Pacer. We have a ton of cases. We've represented a ton of clients. You can check us out on Avo. We have Avo reviews. Just Google Attorney Steve Avo reviews. You can find, I put my link down in the message below. You can go to my BitTorrent Litigation Resource Center. We got lots of videos. Go to myattorneystevevideos.com. I got lots of videos there, lots of stuff to try to help you different things about settlements, different things about how the torrents work, different things about possible defenses and mitigating factors. So check it all out. But bottom line, if you get a letter uh, or a notice of the subpoena, you have limited time to act, we can discuss your options with you. We can help you make a good decision and uh, those kinds of things. So if you need some help, I'll give you our number real quick, 877-276-5084. That's 877-276-5084. But other than that, I hope you guys are all doing well, staying friendly, staying safe in these times. I know it's frustrating for everybody to get through this, but we're I feel like we're getting closer to the end of the tunnel. So everybody hang in there, be friendly. And uh, Attorney Steve Vondren here. So thanks for listening. If you enjoy this clip, feel free to share it on your social media networks. We're all good with that. Um, we're good. Just trying to share the good word here. Okay. Have a great day. Got to run. Bye now.